Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sin Vodka. Sin Vodka is a vet-owned company. At Sin, they always stay away from the ordinary and always strive for something new and exceptional. Their award-winning Sin Ultra Premium Vodka is formulated and distilled by master distillers who use the finest ingredients from around the world to create a vodka like no other. Keep a lookout for this premium Sin Vodka in stores and bars in Texas and Louisiana. I promise you, you won't regret it. Be sure to check them out at SinUltraVodka.com. Drink responsibly. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by More Active, high-performance activewear for men and women that doesn't sacrifice comfort or style. More Active offers traditional yet fashionable, flexible, and sexy workout apparel. I know my confidence is up when I'm wearing a brand that supports my needs in and out of the gym. Check out moreactive.com and on Instagram at more underscore active. That's more, M-O-O-R-E, active. And be sure to use the hustle discount code for 20% off. Live active, love always. And we are brought to you by Flipping Coffee. Flipping Coffee was started with the purpose of roasting and brewing real coffee with the highest quality of ingredients in mind. Each batch is roasted to perfection to bring a smoothness that you simply won't find in most coffee. Flipping Coffee is vet owned and operated. He left his corporate career to pursue his passion for the simple yet perfect cup of coffee. My mornings start with Flipping Coffee, which sets me up for a full day of productivity and success. Check them out at FlippingCoffee.com. That's F-L-I-P-P-I-N, and order your coffee beans today. And don't forget to use the code, the hustle, all caps, for 10% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Hustle. We know the struggle to stay motivated. The creativity and thrive starts dying out. We can't let that happen. Listen to exclusive interviews with people just like you and how they overcame the exact same obstacles. Learn, execute, repeat. Because no matter what, we grow together. This is The Hustle. For my next guest, I want to welcome a serial entrepreneur and an amazing guy, Adam Evers. Happy to be here, Will. Thanks, man. man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the time because you obviously have a lot going on. So to fit this in is, uh, I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. For those of you out there that are listening, I'm actually an hour late. Uh, So these guys waited for me. Uh, Been been just a busy schedule, but uh, I'm happy to be here. Um, And our um, uh, finally getting a chance. I've watched a few of your episodes with some buddies of mine. I know you had Eric Warfield on here, Mm -hmm. a good friend of mine, um, actually uh, played at Nebraska, one of my favorite uh, teams growing up as a kid. I was born in Omaha. So uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to be here. Great place. Yeah. Did you play football or man? I did. Yeah, I played okay. some ball, man. Yeah, I played. I played some ball. Walked on uh, University of Texas and tried to play a little bit. I was more of an academic than I was an athlete by that yeah. time, man. I was studying so much that I didn't have. Uh, I didn't have the time. Didn't have the energy to uh, to continue to play. So, but I wish I had. Those guys are making a lot of money now. <laughs> yeah, and, and one of your ventures, man. I just tried it um, with the Sin Vodka. Uh, Blue Mania, this energy, the sugar free is my first time having the sugar free. That's actually really good. Yeah, man. So uh, Blue Mania energy, that's kind of that's that's my baby. Um, we we started uh, our energy drinks uh, in 2009 uh, as an alternative to uh, Red Bull on premise, uh, which is in bars, nightclubs, and hotels, and everything right. like that. And um, what we really wanted to do is we wanted to keep all the great things that people liked about Red Bull, which was that branded flavor, you know, mm-hmm. that, that energy drink flavor, traditional uh, Red Bull Coke taste you know um the energy that people got and then the biggest thing for us because we're an on-premise brand is the alcohol mixability right um being a biochemist uh i realized that there were a lot of things inside of energy drinks that were bad for you Mm. um so broke all the metabolites and stimulants down i just realized that there's only really three ingredients that energy drinks need 
to really be beneficial for life. That's caffeine. So we use guarana-based caffeine, B vitamins, and we use methylated B vitamins, which is much easier to metabolize, and taurine, which is an amino acid that's naturally occurring that's for focus. Mm-hmm. Other than that, man, we have nothing else in our in our products. Our sugar-free that you like so well uses erythritol. Erythritol is an all-natural sweetener. Has about 80% of the flavor of sugar without the negative glycemic effects. Right. Yeah. So that's the reason why you don't have that traditional aspartame, you know, bitter, sugar free taste on it. And the bloating. <laughs> yeah. And the bloat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, man. Cheers, brother. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again. Yeah. Um, busy is an understatement. And I didn't know you're a biochemist. That's uh, that's that's interesting that because obviously you went a different route. Um, being an entrepreneur and owning some of the business that you own minus the, the energy drink, you know, knowing the, the ingredients of that. Yeah, man. I, uh, I actually was going to undergrad for uh, medical school. Funny story. Uh, last class that I had, um, last exam, uh, professor walks in and, and asks all the medical students to raise their hands. And he looks at us and he says, Hey guys, I, you know, I want you to, uh, I want you all to stay after class and I want to talk to you now. I was on crutches. I had blown out my knee playing some flag football uh, a few months before. So I was on crutches having um, just having had just had knee surgery and finished the exam quick. I'm out. This is 2004. So we don't have the uh, great smartphones that, you know, right. that uh, we didn't have those back then. So I was playing snake and everybody gets done and we walk out and uh, he comes in and looks and says, hey, is everybody here? We said, yeah, you know, we've been in class together for four years. And he says, okay, Evers, I want to talk to you last. I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, dude, I was one of the first ones to get done with this freaking exam. I'd like to go. I'm on crutches. He's like, it's okay. It'll be fast. So he brings everybody into the classroom one by one. There's about, you know, just, just about seven or eight of us. And uh, as he gets done with the last person, I go to get up on my crutches. He said, no, 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 just sit there. <clears throat> and I said, okay. And he sits down next to me. And this is my favorite professor throughout all, all uh, college. His name is Dr. Ripple. And uh, he sits down next to me. And he looks at me and he goes, um, he goes, you all set for school and everything? You set for medical school? I said, yes, sir. I take my MCAT. I took my MCAT, did well, looking at some universities, trying to figure out where I'm going. He looks me dead in the eye and says, under no circumstances are you to go to medical school. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, it would have been a lot easier for you to have told me this years ago. I don't even, hey, not even years ago. How about you just tell me, like, while I was studying for the MCAT, right. not to go into medical school. He said, man, he goes, I, I had to give it one last year to really see uh, what you're best at. And he's, he said, when did you start your first business? I said, 17. He goes, how many businesses do you have right now? I said, two. He said, man, you're 23, you know, 22 years old. I've got two businesses right now. He said, you need to go into business for yourself. He said, you hated school. Yeah. I said, yeah, I kind of did. And he said, you don't want to go through another 12 years of school until studying those things. Get into you know, what you love, which is growing businesses, you know, developing people, sales. He said, you can sell ice to an Eskimo in January on a frozen lake. He said, <laughs> he said, do what you love. And that's really what I've embodied the rest of my life, man. I took what he told me, um, ended up going to grad school um, and, and really focusing on my craft and then got into medical businesses uh, when I was younger. And then in 2009, man, I got into beverage and I just fell in love with it. I, I love what I do, man. I, I get to effectively party for a living. Right. Yeah. Right. What you? What was the businesses that you had at seventeen? So I started a candle company, man. So I started a candle company with my, my ex girlfriend and her dad, called Legacy Candles. Um, we, uh, my girlfriend's dad and I were, you know, kind of nerds and got together and started just applying science to candles. Yeah. And so we turned out to um, 
work with some waxes and different uh, acids and things like that that you can mix with wax and make candles burn longer. And then started working with different wicks and so forth and so on. And we actually made a uh, eight ounce candle that can burn for a hundred hours. Oh, wow. And man, we blew that company up. I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> we we would rock and roll. And he, he taught me a lot about business and a lot about things. Um, and then my dad started a business when we were younger. So he and I ran that together as sports officiating. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot about life man through sports officiating I, I really learned what the opposite side of sports was having been an athlete all my life and um being able to really work with people i think that being a sports official you know everybody says you know that you should be a uh, everybody should be in service industry at least once in their life right yep. i think everybody should be a sports official once in your life because you really have to apply knowledge and practical application at the same time um, because you know, not every foul is a foul, not yeah. every, you know, you don't blow your whistle every time. And so that really taught me a lot about being a manager right. and how I manage people and how I, you know, extinguish volatile situations and, and, and work here and there. Um, so yeah, man, it was, oh, wow. yeah, okay. started with some cool stuff. Yeah. And I've, I've done both. I've been in the service industry and I, I, I referee soccer and, and the other thing too, that you have, that's a, uh, that you can use for applications is all the outside noise of the parents screaming at you because you made a, a call that they didn't agree with. Oh, absolutely. With. <laughs> every absolutely. time. <laughs> Everybody's every, I can imagine with you, everybody thinks that they're, uh, that their kids, the next, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes. Or, oh, or, yes. Yeah. Uh, Messi running around, man. Same with me. Every, every kid that was there was, you know, the next LeBron James or Michael Jordan. And you're yep. like, he is five years old. Yeah. I'm telling you, we're not going to know. And I promise you, this kid is not the next LeBron James. <laughs> but I will tell you, this, this is a funny, man. It's a funny story. Actually, um, so my dad's corporation, uh, he was the, ran all the sports officials for Allen, Plano, Frisco, and McKinney Youth Sports. Mm-hmm. So funny story is I've actually known Kyler Murray since he was a little kid. Oh, wow. Um, I refereed his peewee league football games and you could tell that kid was special that dude never got tackled was so much faster than everybody else so we kind of gave him a little bit more leeway when his dad would get a little upset you know for certain things because he we knew he was going to make it to Mm -hmm. the next level and then he you know i I grew up in allen that's where he played never lost a football game so we kind of knew on that side that he was going to be who he was (laughs) one of those like freaks right there was like a beast out of yeah so uh going back you graduated school uh college and your professor, you know, basically said, "Hey, don't go to medical school." Yeah. Which I was, I was in the same boat. I went biology. I was going to go medical school, and I was burnt out from school. To be honest, that's why I went, uh, didn't go. But uh, so, what are you doing now? Obviously, you know your path is being an entrepreneur. Yeah. So your first business out of college is what? So first business out of college, man. I actually started personal training, um, and that was fun. I was I was able to to develop some really good relationships that I still have to this day uh, in personal training, and that really kind of developed my my true passion uh, as far as a hobby goes. You know, a lot of people like to go play golf, or they fish, or they hunt, and physical fitness has always been something that has been a passion of mine. I believe that it, it keeps me focused. Um, it keeps me uh, prepared and it's always an outlet for me anytime that I feel like, you know, um, life is, is getting too tough. You know, I have my faith, but outside of faith, I have, you know, the iron, you know, right. iron never lies. You know, you, you can't tell somebody that you're going to bench 500 pounds and then get underneath 500 pounds and you can't do it right. Iron well, you, never lies. I mean, I guess you can on video. I've seen the, the fake plate. Oh yeah, you, yeah you're right. You know what? You can't see the fake plate. Those guys mess around with that. I, I, I've never been under 500 pounds on a, on a bench. I have on a squat and that's pretty heavy, but, um, you know, I, I got into that and, and then after that I got into the medical industry. Okay. Learned a lot from a few ventures. Um, 
And I was working for a corporation one day and the, the, uh, the regional manager and I just weren't getting along. I mean, mm -hmm. I was knocking sales out, kicking ass. And um, he didn't like the way I dressed. Now, I, granted, at this time, I'm a 24-year-old kid acting like I'm 35, you know, right. I'm wearing these Miami Vice suits with T-shirts <laughs> and, you know, pulling my sleeves up and everything. Half like shirt buttoned down. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. And, you know, and I did it because I knew what my crowd was, being this, you know, young, pretty boy walking into these doctor's offices. You know, most docs didn't really want to talk to me. Um, so I knew that I had to get an angle. My, my sales weren't where they needed to be because I was focused too much on docs. And... Um, I, I met a very nice uh, office manager, nurse, that was running a pretty big clinic. And you know, I, I walked out of the office, I was a little bit defeated, and she walked, out, she walked around and she said, you know what, Adam? She goes, I think you, you're approaching this all the wrong way. And I said, Brenda, okay, what? tell me how. Well, like, what am I doing? I'm trying, you know, I, I, know the, I know the material, I've studied, I've got a background in this, you know, I've got a grad degree, like, what? I don't understand. She goes, you're talking to the wrong people. She goes, just come in, bring me flowers every Tuesday. She goes, I'll give you all my business. She said, I just want to look at you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I figured out from that point on, I, I started really focusing on, you know, on, on nurses. And, you know, generally speaking, they're, the care that they give their patients, they like to give to guys like me. And so <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I employed the mafia principle. Yeah. I would never show up empty handed. I would, I would bring candles, flowers, chocolate, protein shakes, Starbucks, whatever I could. And man, I rocked the house. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that manager didn't like me very much. So I, he, uh, he, he canned me. And my first time I ever lost my job, I was 24 years old. I was making incredible money and, uh, and he fired me because I, I was not in dress code, which was ridiculous. So I walked across the street that same day and um, I brought this book of business to a, a very cool uh, owner by the name of Jeff Brast. He owned a company called Special Care. And um, I walked into him and I said, man, um, I need a job. I said, but this time I'm not looking for a job because you can get fired from a job. I want to be a partner. Mm -hmm. I said, I've got this business and you tell me what I need to get to in order to become your partner. And he gave me, he said, I needed, he said, you know what? You double that business and, um, and I'll make you a partner. What he didn't know is that I had doubled the business sitting in my car in sheets. And all I did is walked out to my car. I said, I figured you'd say that. And I slipped it on his desk and he just smiled and said, all right. Um, and so we had a really good relationship, man. We ran that business for, uh, about three years. We expanded it. Uh, we did durable medical equipment. We did um, pharmacy. We did O2 sales. We did all this other stuff. Um, and man, that was a really good business because I learned a lot from him on how to build relationships and really the ins and outs mm -hmm. of the operating side of a business. Because you know, owning a business isn't just about selling. You got to learn supply chain management. You've got to learn how to manage people. You've got to learn how to hire people. You know, that's one of the biggest things in a business. It's, it's all how, processes. How, yeah, it's all these processes yep. that you need to learn. And and he really, you know, he really helped me out. Um, and when, when I got out of that in 2008, um, and, and kind of took a little bit of a break before we, we started blue, um, he really gave me the information that I needed in order to be successful moving on. And mm -hmm. I took that information, um, to, to blue and, and then how we were able to grow. Right. Yeah. Oh, that, that's awesome. But yeah, you, I mean, you're right. You have to learn all that stuff, all the processes. Um, I, I started recently a, a marketing and uh, digital marketing and like web development business about a month ago. And I spent about a week doing nothing but writing, writing out processes oh, yeah. of how everything was going to oh, go. It's, it, it takes up all your time. Yeah. Cause if you don't have that, then you're hiccup after hiccup after hiccup. In, in my business now, man, I've got these just brilliant kids, man. We started an intern program two summers ago. Um, 
my my cousin and some of his buddies, you know, had known me since they were 15 years old and they had always wanted to work for my company. And I told him, I said, look, you know, when you guys get into college and you get to your intern program, you know, y'all can come intern for my, for my company. And I kid you not, the day they finished their junior year and they needed to have their, you know, their summer internship for the mm-hmm. senior year was <laughs> on my door, three of them. You all, promised. All, all like, We're here. <laughs> and so, you know, I, um, I was like, all right, man, let's see what you guys got. And, and, you know, they went to the Walton School of Business up at University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. And uh, that that university is, does a very good job at preparing mm-hmm. kids because I'll tell you what these boys are fantastic at what they do, and um, the the one thing that they really got going back to SOPs is that these kids can write SOPs nowadays like it's going out of business, and it's almost like they just laser focused. Uh, once you get an SOP in, they're mm-hmm. just. Phew, right forward they follow the processes and it's done and it's actually made my business um much more profitable we we grew um you know by four times uh during covid i mean these kids didn't stop working they knew what was going on um i didn't have to i didn't have to really uh, bug them at all about you know the work ethic they needed to have um and how important it was for them to work during covid because that was just a a scary time i'm sure you you know oh yeah yeah. scary scary time for everybody well i i I don't want to say this and sound like bad, but like one of my businesses actually benefited from COVID because I have a commercial cleaning company. Mm-hmm. So it blew up. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah like absolutely. my, I could not answer the, like I couldn't answer the phone enough mm-hmm. for all the phone calls that I got. But yeah, for everything else, yeah, it was a scary well, time. Well, you know, look, man, the, the, the mark of a true entrepreneur, and you know this, is it's really rolling with the punches. Mm-hmm. It's, you can sit back and you can cry about something happening um, or you can look at every, um, every instance in your life and decide that that is going to be a catalyst to move you into another direction. Um, You know, whether it's a very beneficial situation, like for you, you know, with, with COVID happening or with, for, for me, you know, um, while COVID, you know, honestly shut my business down because we're yep. on premise only, you know, from our bar to our, our, uh, our energy drinks and our juices and everything like that. We run on premise only. And what we decided to do was we created a service side of our business. So we were going to gas stations and things like that because right. those, those machines were getting overused because people were just able to go to gas stations and things. Um, Coke and Pepsi and some of our other bigger competitors had shut down and laid off thousands of employees. And so we were able to hire people um, we were able to go into accounts that could not get service that would generally not give us a time of day and go in and say, Hey man, we're going to service you. And we'd like, we also have these products we can sell you. And they said, well, crap, man, service our, you know, service yeah. our guns and, and get, get us going and, you know, we'll, we'll pick you up. And so, man, we went from, you know, um, the, the size of company that we were, we grew by almost 250% during COVID. And I didn't realize how much that 250% growth was, um, until, Governor Abbott turned us back on March 17th. Right. That was actually more like an 800% growth. Yeah. Like it was just insane because everything turned back on and all those accounts were able to operate in full force. Mm-hmm. And it it was an and it was a blessing. And so anytime that I, you know, you know, here recently we'll probably talk about a little bit about our, our bar. You know, anytime something bad happens, I always just try to find the good in it. I try to find the the window or the, you know. Uh, even if I have to do the wall, I can break down. Right. Well, <laughs> and, 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 that's, and that's just being a true entrepreneur. You yeah. have to do that or you'll yeah. fail. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I want people to understand too, um, you know, you being such a serial entrepreneur, because you're talking about your business now, 
this is completely separate from what you're doing medical business. This is your uh, like construction portion, or, or yeah. So or, this yeah. is our service side. So what we did was, um, because you do a lot. Yeah, I do a lot, man. So so uh, it, we started the energy drinks in 2009. In about 2015, uh, you know, a lot of our bars and clubs and hotels and everybody, they were just like, man, you guys should do some other products. Got together with my business partners. And was like, man, let's let's put pen to paper like we did with this and just start sampling process and get this going. I mean, we've got the connections in the beverage industry. Right. Let's start. So, man, we started with um, with a ginger beer um, that we did on the bag in the box. And that started going really well. And then people started asking us, man, can you guys do cranberry juice? And the cranberry juice led to orange juice, which led to pineapple juice, which led to sweet and sour. And then cola, diet cola, Dr. Pepper, you know, all these different things. Margarita mix, man. We sell the hell out of some margarita mix. Um, but then COVID hit, boom. And everything was shut off. And so we we were like, man, well, what, what can we do? Well, the service side ended up being there. Mm -hmm. And so I called all of my, you know, third-party suppliers that I was getting equipment from. And man, they weren't answering their phones. And I was like, crap, what am I gonna do? I can't get I can't get equipment. Right. So I made phone calls to all the major suppliers, all the big boys, the same guys that have contracts with Coke and with Pepsi and these other big companies. I just made phone calls. I was like, hey man, I was like, I don't know if you guys are working or what you guys are doing, but I am still thriving out here and I'm installing and I'm I'm servicing beverage systems and so forth and so on. And the guy that I got a hold of was actually a, a, a pretty high up VP at one of my suppliers. And he said, you are a godsend. He said, we're not getting calls from anybody. Mm. Nobody's doing anything. What can I sell you? And I said, well, brother, let's, let's figure out what you've got. He sent me this portfolio of literally almost every item that I needed. And I lined up an agreement with him. And he set me up for some serious success because where my smaller and mid-sized competitors are, I had to be able to beat them in my ability to provide equipment. And so that gave me that opportunity. And then I could take that equipment into accounts like Burger King and Taco mm -hmm. Bueno and these other things. And I got service contracts for all those guys in the cities. And really that just having that faith to reach out um, is, is what saved us. I mean, our tech team, man, they, they buckled down and just were servicing account after account after account because everybody that was working for major companies, like I said, got laid off. Right. And so that just provided us an opportunity. And now we've got the service side of our business. We service Burger King, Taco Bueno, Taco Bell, uh, 7-Eleven. I mean, all these, you know, th throughout the Metroplex, we're servicing all these accounts. And it's, man, it's, it's rocking for us. Man, that's exciting because there's so many people that owned a business. Uh, maybe it was a franchise, maybe it was a restaurant that just, I mean, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true. They just laid down. They did, man. They laid down and gave up and that was it. And they, you know, they, unemployment or, you know, whatever they lived on and they just, and then that was it. And it's, it's a shame because, you know, you put a lot of heart and, and sweat and tears into a business and just to give up like that is, you know, it's unfortunate. So yeah. no, no, I'm, I'm definitely excited about that. So I do want to jump into now and I have to, Give me another you know, please yeah. help yourself, man. I, I hope we kill that bottle tonight. Let's kill it. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, the appreciation is definitely there because you had a very big misfortune uh, mm -hmm. happen with uh, one of my favorite places to go in uptown Dallas. Um, so I do want to talk about that with yeah. uh, your bar Gaslight. So I'll yeah. let you jump in and, and what happened and everything. Yeah, man. So we started Gaslight. Um, some good friends of mine um, and I, we, we, we got together um, to create a project um, for my girlfriend, Nikki. And... Um, and she's been in the service industry forever and had always wanted to own a bar. So it was a labor of love, man. We, we dropped some, some good money into the, the remodel of that bar. 
um, to make it really nice for the mm-hmm. community on there on McKinney Avenue. Um, and then a month later, boom, COVID happened. Yeah. So we had to shut down for about 45 days. And luckily, because we were a restaurant, we were able to open up. Um, and then, you know, for one reason or another, the Dallas City Council and judges or whoever they were, were open, close, open, close, open, close. And, you know, um, so we battled through that. Uh, we had to be in, uh, you know, 50% capacity all the way up until, you know, March. And then luckily, uh, March 17th, the uh, the governor lifted that up and we were able to rock and roll, man. And we got a call last Thursday um, from our alarm company. And the alarm company said, hey, there's somebody on the premise. Um, you know, we, should we send the police out? And we said, yes. And so we went to check the cameras and there was nothing on the cameras. And so I'm thinking that there's some pro in there, you know, trying to, cause you know, we sell a lot of champagne, a lot of high end right. liquors and stuff like that. I'm thinking somebody's smart, cut the power. And now they're snagging, you know, uh, especially the tequila right now, tequila is impossible to get. You can't yeah. get Clase Azul or Don Julio or any of those products. Um, and so I figured there was somebody just in there stealing cause we had been broken into before. And um, so, man, I, I, I grab my piece and I'm jumping in my truck and I'm hauling ass <laughs> down there. Cause I think I'm going to be freaking Clint Eastwood or something. And, um, I'm about Good old Texas. a mile. Yeah, man, I know. Uh, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> uh, it's um, I'm about a mile away, and I get a text message from one of the guys that lives across the street in the apartment complex that says, Gaslight's on fire. I'm like, what? And, and he sends me a picture, and I'm like, holy shit. And as I'm coming down Lemon, McKinney, there's this, you know, big ass uh, fire truck there. And so I pull down, you know, I go down coal and I come back up the other way and McKinney's on the other side shut down. So I go up the alleyway. And as I, as I'm pulling up, man, just one of my worst fears oh, man. is to just see something that, you know, that, you know, uh, you put so much heart and energy into, and you know, even more so your significant other. Yeah. That's her baby, man. That's, you know, I, I've lucked out. I started, you know, my, my, my business is young. This was her first business. Right. And man, it meant so much to her and to see that, you know, and to see her pull up, uh, you know, about five, 10 minutes after I got there and just watch her crumble in my arms, man. It was one of the toughest things that we've had to endure as a couple. Right. Um, uh, even outside of COVID or anything like that, because you're like, damn, man, we just got through. We were making, yeah. I mean, we were really cranking, man. The, I mean, the bar was doing fantastically. And yeah, and I'm, I'm going to put a plug in for you. Best ribeye I ever had under 20 bucks for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Man. Oh, I'll tell you what, man. We, we, the ribeye there rocks, man. The ribeye is, is really good. The, the way that they season it, our, our, uh, chefs and everything like that, man, they did, they did a fantastic job. But, you know, look, man, again, like I said before, you know, when, when one door closes and, you know, another one opens and every once in a while, you know, you know, God gave me some big shoulders to be able to run through some walls. So right. I got to, you know, we're going to get up and running again. Um, she, you know, Nikki's been doing everything she can to work with our landlords and to get, um, you know, some type of, of conclusion to, you know, what happened. They're saying it was an electrical fire uh, that started on the patio. Um, you know, unfortunately due to, you know, how hot the fire got, some of the witness said that, you know, it started on the patio and then once it hit the inside, the entire place was on fire within like 10 seconds. Yeah. They said it just went up. And so, um, you know, our, our goal is to get to the bottom of it, man, mm-hmm. figure out, you know, can we rebuild there in a timely enough manner to really keep the business that we had going? Or do we need to, you know, go to another location first and then come back? You know, I think all of that's really fluid at the moment. Yeah. But you are definitely rebuilding. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Gaslight's coming back. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's uh, again, like I said. I want to be. I want to be sure everybody knows that. Oh yeah, <laughs> Gaslight's coming back. 
it'll be back. Um, you know, Nikki is, is, is working her butt off right now, trying to get um, everything lined out for that. And um, sh it's it's her goal to get something up within the next 45 days. Yep. Uh, and then we'll hopefully if, we re if we're able to rebuild on that site, which I hope we are, um, you know, we'll have that rebuilt, you know, between nine to 12 months. That's, Im that's impressive because y'all, yeah, y'all didn't own the building, did y'all? No, we didn't own the building. No, we were leasing the building. Um, and, and the reason I bring that up is I want people to understand, um, there wasn't a big, or, or if anything, uh, from an understanding of leasing a building, there's not an insurance gain for you to have insurance money to really rebuild. No, man, no. That, so effectively what it does, the, the insurance on that, and this is something new to me, man. I, I, I have leased multiple buildings in my life. And honest, I'll be 100% honest with you, man. I have never looked at the, the insurance yeah. side of it. Um, and I'm in the process of leasing another building, another warehouse in Houston right now for Blumania. And that's the first damn thing I went to. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was that insurance. Okay. I am covered for fire. Fantastic. You know, everybody's laughing at me because they're like, what are you looking at, man? Look, I've had a situation. Okay. I had a bad experience. I learned the uh, hard way. Yeah, exactly. I had a bad experience. So, you know, you look at those things and, and yeah, man, there's, you know, there's opportunities for, you know, the, to, to regain a little bit as far as loss of business goes, um, because we did have loss of business insurance. Um, but as a business owner, if you don't own that property, man, yeah. you're stuck. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a lot of times, you know, based upon the way certain contracts are written, you know, if you're not smart with the way you sign those agreements, I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give my, uh, my attorney a plug. Her name's Tyler Berger. She's amazing. Um, and she looks through mostly all of my stuff. She's at, uh, moneylawattorney.com. She's fantastic. She looks at everything. Um, and now I have to send him an invoice yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Send him an invoice <laughs> for that. She'll, uh, she'll, she'll file a couple of LLCs for you. So she, she, she's awesome though, man. Um, it, but she, she now been friends for years and she files all my LLCs, but you know, that's one of the things too, that she looks at. And that's, that's why I can encourage any business owner. Mm -hmm. Look, if you're going to get into any type of business, and you're not comfortable reading contracts because I promise you, if you're doing business, contracts are going to come. I was in the middle of read, reading some contracts today. I I go through them every day. Find a good attorney. Yep. One that you can trust. Pay them well. Yep. A lot of people think that you know attorneys are expensive and this and that. Look, attorneys are expensive if they're not worth it. If they are worth it, it's like these nice J's that you bought me, right? Mm -hmm. Like they are comfortable. They are worth every damn penny because, <laughs> you know, the, the same as attorneys, man, a, a good attorney and a good CPA. If you have both of those, um, I'll, t I'll tell you what it is. It makes your life easy. Oh, it makes your life easy. 100%. Yeah, and, and it's worth every penny, especially when you need them. Yes. <laughs> and and it's, it's just like, it's like insurance, man. Yeah. Insurance can be expensive. Look, general liability. I've got five or six policies that I'm out. You know, I, I I'm probably dropping 10, $15,000 a month on general liability policies for our products. Um, but look, you pay that in the event that something were to ever happen. Yep. And luckily, you know, um, most business owners never have to go through what we've gone through. Um, knock on wood, we never have to go through it again. Um, but yeah, if I can encourage anybody listening to this, you know, have a good attorney, have a good CPA, you know, lawyer up, legalize up, get your LLCs, file your insurances, general liability and everything that you can, because you never know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and when it does, if you're not prepared, that can really be the most devastating part. Oh yeah. Is, you know, the lack of preparation. So, yeah.
So uh, making the decision and stuff on the bar now that this happened, what's going to be your y'all's first step on moving forward from this? Uh, really, the first step moving forward is working t- w- together with our our current landlord mm-hmm. um, to, tr- to try to see what our options are. Luckily, they have a lot of different spaces uh, in the city that 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 uh, that they manage. So um, hopefully, they'll have a space that we can use. Um, if not, you know, we'll obviously work together with them on finding us a spot so that we can generate some revenue because, um, you know, at, you know, we own that property or we own the lease on that property and right. rent still do, man, whether yeah. or not business is open or not. Um, you know, they hopefully they'll be cool with us on that, but you know, we've, we've got to get that business up and running right. and, 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 and generating revenue if not for ourselves, but you know, we had probably 40, 45 employees there, you know, yeah. that were working for us. So yeah, I saw the Instagram up. post where you're yeah, trying to help people out. Yeah, so. man. Yeah. You know, um, and you know, the, the great thing about that crew that we had too, was that, you know, all of them wanted to work. All of them were so, um, so intent on helping, you know, we, we have a, a hashtag called gaslight strong right now. Um, and so many people have reached out to, you know, not only myself, but also Nikki and the, to our employees to help them out, to get them going. Um, because, you know, uh, a lot of people might know this about us, they might not, but when the uh, the winter storm hit, we were one of the only places that opened. Mm-hmm. And we were providing, you know, free food for people whose whose power was out and, you know, at least a warm place to be for, you know, five or six hours, right. you know, on a, a few days during that storm. And, um, you know, the the amount of, of love that we got back from people when things happened was just like, man, you know, you guys don't deserve this. You guys are one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys gave a lot back during both COVID and the the winter storm so it's good to see that man good to see yeah. that from oh, yeah. the community so well the the thing is that people need to take away from that y'all doing that um it's not only you know the good hearts y'all have but that's a differentiator or you know expressing like a value proposition of what makes you different from other restaurants was yeah. or bars was you know the community outreach that y'all had on helping others which is amazing and i applaud you for it so, yeah man you 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 um you get you, you always um get back what you give it's not always about money it's not and and you know it's a it's it's a crazy thing man my um you know i I said something about my faith earlier and uh, you know i grew up in a christian home and one of the things that my parents always instilled into me was giving back Mm -hmm. and you know whether it be by a tithe to a church or just general giving right and you know um i have always lived a life to where I want to give back as much as I can, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and it's always paid me back, man. God is faithful. He's, he's faithful. You know, if I, whatever I give, this is, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. This this might give you goosebumps. If you listen to it, my sister, Chrissy, you know, Chrissy, mm-hmm. um, when she was pastoring at a church, um, I would take her, um, to lunch or to dinner or whatever. And I swear to you on my parents, if the dinner was a hundred bucks within the week, I would have a $1,000 sale come into blue mania. Oh, wow. If the dinner was 300 bucks, I would have a $3,000 sale come into blue mania. So it got to the point where it was a joke between us that they would try to pick up a tab. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm expecting something from this. Y'all just sit back, have a good dinner. And uh, here shortly I'll get something back. But it, I, I, I kid you not, man, every single time. And I would, I would send her the receipt and I would send her the invoice that I would get from a distributor yeah. or from a new account 
or something like that. And it always paralleled itself. So I, I, I always tell people too, you know, I, I always tell people no matter what you make, no matter what you're doing, never forget to give back. Never yeah. forget where you came from. Yeah, no, I, I, man, I can preach on that all damn night. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um, you know, like the, the quote that I always say, and I even wrote on the box of your shoes is, you know, positive vibes, create positive opportunities. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's a passion of mine. It's just helping others. Uh, majority of my businesses that I've started have been because I was trying to help others and it just came in tuition of, of something else. And, uh, I mean, even the, the, um, my cleaning, my commercial cleaning, cleaning business, it was, uh, made to help my family members, some family members that couldn't get, uh, employment above minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was an opportunity to pay them, you know, the 13, 14, $15 an hour. Yeah. And, uh, I wasn't making any money at the time. Uh, but, they had a job and all the expenses were paid. So it made sense. And, uh, and it just, it blew up during yeah. COVID. So it was a blessing for sure. Brother, I, I, I tell you, man, and that's, you know, I, I love hearing stories like that because it's uh, too many times in today's day and age, a lot of times entrepreneurs are demon, you know, demonized, yep. um, you know, because everyone thinks that if you own a business, you're the one making the money. Right. And, you know, People don't understand the amount of sacrifice that it comes into. Stress. You know, you said, you know, you're you're paying your family members and you're doing these things and you weren't making any money. Brother, I drove a 2007 for, uh, Toyota FJ Cruiser until the wheels fell off <laughs> when we started. I'm dead serious, man, until the wheels fell off um, because we were building this business and bringing people in and hiring people and continually reinvesting in things like that. And, you know, I was, I was very, sometimes I would get discouraged. I was like, damn, man, I'm working my butt off. Cause I had had such good success early on with right. the medical sales. Um, you know, that I was, I would get discouraged sometimes. And I just, I would always, you know, hear this, that voice in my head, stay faithful, mm -hmm. stay faithful, stay faithful. And, um, man, in 2018, uh, we really turned a corner. Um, this is another serendipitous event in my life. Um, I used to be married. I was married before. Um, and my, uh, my ex-wife, so my ex-father-in-law had always wanted me to teach my ex-wife how to play golf. And one morning I was, um, I was in, you know, woke up, it was a nice day out and I let the dogs out and came back in and it's like, Hey, why don't we go up to the local country club over here? We'd lived like two miles away from Brookhaven country club. So why don't we go check this out and see what's up? She's like, no, I don't really want to. Let's just go get some brunch. Let's Sunday fun day. What I was like, nah, that's a nice day. Let's do it. Your dad has been asking me yeah. to do this. So she said, you know, I finally convinced her. We go to uh, Brookhaven country club. We sit down, we talk to the, um, to the, uh, the membership director. It's zero initiation fee and like two forty nine a month for all the golf that you want to play. Oh, wow. That's and cheap. I was like, where do I sign up? Man? Yeah, I thought yeah. it was going to be like 10 grand. I was going to have an easy yeah. out to say no, you know, yeah. I'm going to be able to easily tell we go on a municipal course to teach my, you know, teach her how to play. And, um, so we signed up and as we're walking through the, the, the premises of the, of the country club, um, the membership director said, Hey, can I buy you lunch? I said, sure. So it's about three o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, you know, not a lot of people in the, in the country club. And, um, when we sit down in the cafeteria, there's, there's only one other group there. It's a, it's a, an older gentleman and what looked like could be his mother or mother-in-law. And we literally sat down next, like next to each other because there's one waiter there. So I'm talking to, to the membership director, Steve, and we're going back and forth and talking blah, blah, blah. Steve's like, well, I got to go. I got another appointment. So we're fine. And Steve walks up, walks out 
And the gentleman looks at me and he goes, so you're in the energy business. And I said, man, I said, I'm actually in the energy drink business. I said, but uh, yeah, I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur. He goes, awesome. He said, uh, he said, I love energy drinks. He goes, and I'm in the energy business. He said, I'm an oil and gas guy. And uh, man, we just started talking and we, we hit it off. And uh, six months from the day that I met him, he told me he was going to change his life because the day that he joined the country club, somebody invested in him and changed his life. Oh, wow. And so, you know, the, the, the thing that I tell people all the time is, is Psalms 1, is that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I learned something very cool about myself this year. I did a human design reading, which a lot of people think, well, you can't be Christian and think about human design at the same time. Well, I think you can, because I'm a scientist. Yeah. So I just employ everything together. And I learned that, I need to, that I'm very centrally driven and that my gut always tells me things that I need to do. Yeah. And that day I follow my gut, which you know people can say is your conscience or the Holy Spirit or whatever telling you what you need to do. But I, I encourage other people as well. If you have a dream, if you have a goal, if something is pressing on you and you feel that you need to do it and somebody's telling you, no, I want to go Sunday fun day, go to the country club, sign up for the membership <laughs> and it'll change life. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you, and you brought up a good point too. Like, you know, you're talking about the self-direction and you're talking about, you know, your belief in, and uh, being a Christian and stuff. People are just too judgmental. If they would just if they would just let it go and understand the passion of a person and a yeah. human being, regardless of what you believe in, whether it's Buddhism, it's Christianity, no matter what it is, if you just look at a person as a person and have the passion for their well being, everything would be so much better. Brother, we are um, we are commanded to do three things in the book that I read, and the first one is love the Lord your God with everything that you got your heart, body, mind, soul, spirit. The next one is love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And the third one is really the encompassing of all that, which is the third commandment, which is go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. And it really makes the most sense because if you love God with all your heart, just like you love your favorite football team, you're going to tell people about it. Oh right? yeah. And if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're going to make sure that you give them the same good news that you have. Yep. And so those three commandments are really all that I can do. And if I love my neighbor, I... I have no room to judge them for what they do. Uh, I have no room to to look down upon them for what they do. Now, if they come to me and they ask me, and they 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 want some help to to change their life, they want this or they want that, you know, I, I'm going to shoot them straight. I'm going to tell them, "Hey, brother, you know, if you want to get out of the path that you're that you're falling down on, you got to make some changes in your life. Yep. You got to hold yourself accountable. Um, but outside of that, man, you know." If, if people are happy and what they're doing is, you know, truly brings them joy, I, I feel that the greatest sin that the, you know, that any religion, if you will, has in it, and there's a lot of religions out there and a lot of judgmentalism, I really believe is, is judging other people for their downfalls and judging them for not believing the same thing that you believe. Right. You know, I, I, I think that all of us are created equal. Believe it, but I also believe that all of us are different. We all have different yeah. frames of mind and we all have different opinions. And the way that you see this room is different than the way I see this room. And so we have to learn to put ourselves in other people's um, shoes. Um, and we've got to be able to be able to compromise and really look at things from other points of view and just try right. our best to, to, to work together on things. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, too, um, I'm going to relate that to what you say so people understand is that's what makes a, a, a good manager a good manager as well because yeah. you do that with your employees. Yeah, you got to, man. Yeah. Um, 
employees are, or, you know, and you know this, man, as you grow a business, I'm sure you, you, you got a, a good taste of this during COVID is, is, you know, you've got to really under, you know, you, you've got to under promise and over deliver with your employees. Cause man, if you don't, you're going to be stuck and you know, they're going to hold you accountable to every dang thing that you do. Um, and it's going to be, it's just going to be tough, man. Uh, yes, please. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I try to encourage people, man, when dealing with employees is try to give them, can you grab me a sugar free too? Another one. Yeah. Um, just trying to give them the, the most bang for their buck as far as a manager and lead, you know, mm-hmm. lead by example. That's what I try to do. Lead it, by example. It, yeah. And that plays such a big part, especially if you're the one out there like doing the work too. So they yeah. see that, you yeah. know, you're not just bossing them around, you know, you're actually pulling the definition of actually being a leader and showing them that, hey, you're not scared um, to do the work. I'll tell you what, I've got a lot of buddies of mine that are in the bar business that I've learned from um, and and a lot lot of friends of mine. And, you know, I was, I've talked to, you know, David Lamb who owns Sidebar and Barcadia and Tipsy Alchemist and these other places. And, you know, Rico Taylor who owns Clutch Group and Mm -hmm. those places, uh, the Beard and Brothers that are SBBC, Phil Shambaum. I mean, I can name a, a ton of different guys out there. Uh, you know, Awesome and Imran Shake that, that do Milkshake, Concept Citizen and all that stuff. Chris Carpenter at Bottle Block. I mean, all these guys, man, that are that are friends of mine and I do business with. You know, there's a there's an, a one underlying theme with all of them. Mm-hmm. Is number one, lead by example and never let anybody outwork you. No, no. Never. Never. Because if you're the one that's the first there and the last to leave, the right employees are going to stay and they're going to help you build your business. Yep. Yep. Because they're going to see the work that you put in. They're going to respect you for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I've recently, well, not recently, I've done this before, but I have, I've had employees joke with me again, going back to the cleaning business. Um, You know, I had some that just they either had to quit or they were just tired because they're over overworked, not because of scheduling, but just because of, I mean, employment's hard trying to find people to work oh, right yeah. now. It's almost impossible. 1200 bucks a week to sit on your butt, man. That's hard to compete with. Dude, the, the, <laughs> the McDonald's in Florida is offering people 50 bucks just to come to an interview. And so that's, we, I mean, were, we were doing, we were doing 18 to $25 an hour for line cooks at Gaslight. Yeah. You couldn't get people to come work. Yeah. So, so like, when one of my girls was like, hey, I need to take a vacation. I'm tired. Please take a vacation. Just please come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> man, look, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. That's what I, I firmly believe. If 100%. you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. And one of the things that we do at Blue Mania is we don't count vacation days. Yeah. And the reason why I don't count vacation days is because my guys are hungry. They want mm-hmm. they want to get out there. They want to work. Um, but I also believe in renewing yourself, right. getting away, resetting, resting. You know, it's very important to rest. A lot of a lot of entrepreneurs forget about that, dude. They forget that you know what? If you burn yourself out, there's nobody else there to to no, lead. And not. if you're not there um, in a in a functioning at a high capacity. Uh, ready to go. And if you look burnt out, your employees are going to see that. Yep. And then that trickles down into every aspect of your business. And then you want to know why your business is down 40%. Well, because you didn't go take a vacation. Man. Yep. 
Um, and a lot of guys say, well, I can't step away because if I step away, the business goes to crap. Well, guess what? You didn't sow into the right employees to make them managers so that you could delegate and then give them responsibilities so that you could go to take vacations. So exactly. you need to go back to management school and figure out how to really develop your employees. Your processes are failed. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to the SOPs, you got to teach those guys, man. You yeah. got to teach them how to, how to manage that business. Um, and, and you really have to figure out a way to make yourself replicable. Um, and you got to make your business scalable. And, and if you don't do that, man, it's a recipe for, for, for failure. Oh yeah. And a, a lot of stress, <laughs> a lot of stress, a lot of stress. And, and that's where, you know, the, the, the micromanager term comes in. You know, there's a lot of guys that are micromanagers and I look at it. Uh, if, if I see, if I walk into a business, uh, whether it's a bar or a restaurant or a hotel or a distributor that I'm working with, and I notice a dude is a micromanager. Mm hmm. I, I'm automatically knowing that there, at some point along the way, he is not developing and sowing uh, knowledge into his employees. No, not at all. Um, and that comes from that's that's all 100% on the owner or the manager. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not hiring people that you can trust or maintaining people that you can trust in your business, um, you're doing a disservice to your business and to your your other employees as well. Because yeah. you've got to be able to have guys that can lead. Um, and and like you said, it's just become becomes a very stressful situation. Yeah, doing and, that. I, I want to touch on micromanagement. That's one of those things. So before I realized that I just needed to do business on my own and start, you know, my own companies. When I would interview, that would be one of the first things I would say is, you know, if you're going to micromanage me, then I'm doing I'm not doing you any favors, and you're not doing me any favors. Absolutely, and yeah. we just need to cut this right yeah. now. Absolutely, man. Because it's just a waste of talent. You know, it, it really is, man. Um, and, and this is the thing, you know, I, I, I equate it to, you know, the way a plant grows. You know, if if you plant a seed and, you know, you see a sprout start to come up and you just put your finger on it, like most micromanagers like to just have their thumb on everything, that plant's never going to grow because nope. you're going to stifle the sun, you're going to stifle the water from getting there. And the, you know, all the hard work of, of Putting the soil down and planting the seed just goes to waste. Right. And that's the same thing with an employee, man. You know, you have got to, number one, when you interview, make sure that you're an effective interviewer. Make sure that you're answering the, the you're, you're asking the questions to, to, um, to the employees and uh, questions that you really want to get the answers to. Right. You know, some of the general, the, you know, I, I go through websites all the time and I'm looking at these interview questions. I'm like, that's the dumbest damn question I've ever heard. Who <laughs> yeah. gives a crap whether a person, you know, it, it, even in today's day and age with how, you know, important university is, man. man I'll tell you what, I, I've told you, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but I'll tell you what, give me 10 drug dealers to work for my company, you know, that are ex-drug dealers. You know, you talk about, you know, family members and stuff like yeah. that or friends or whatever. You know, Dude, I've got five guys that work for me right now that you know what have in their past done some dumb shit yeah but you know what they freaking hustle their butt off because they have that mentality they've got that hunter mentality that you know what if i'm not out there if i'm not going and 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 killing something today i'm not going to eat yeah if i'm not out there selling something today i'm not going to eat that's that you know that's that hustle mentality yep you know and so i those are the questions that i ask my my employees when i when i uh when i interview them you know i ask them a little bit about their background and you know it's 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 always so cool to see, especially when you've got guys that have a record, and you know you say, "Hey, man, can I do a background check?" And you know you kind of see them slump over, and they're like, "Yeah, but I'm gonna," you know, and they're honest with they're you. They're gonna be honest with that's you. That's the big. That's the one thing that yeah. I want to know. Are you honest enough to tell me that you got a background? If you say, "Yeah, go ahead," and I never hear from you, I got a problem with that. But if you tell me, and most and my guys have. 
hey man, I, you know what? I, I made some bad decisions when I was a kid. I got in trouble. This is what I've got. And I'll tell them immediately. I shake their hand and say, you know what? I don't care about that. Yeah. You know, my God is a God of renewal, uh, of second chances. So you know what? I'm going to give you a second chance. So tell me about what you were doing. Oh, I was hustling this and I was hustling that. So you know how to you know how to work to eat, don't you? Yeah, yeah man, I actually do. I need you to hustle my energy drinks just like you were hustling that that bag or hustling this. And you know what? We're going to do it the right way, and I'm going to teach you how to build a business. The legal way. The legal way. And I'm going to teach you how to do things the right way. I'm going to teach you accounting principles. And that really goes a long way with those guys, man, because when they see that, when they see that there's a better way and that there's people that actually care about them and want their lives to be benefited, you know, um, that goes so far. So in that, like I said, going back to the interview process, man, you you got to really get in and dig deep. It doesn't matter yeah, if somebody yeah. has a college degree anymore, man. You know, I, oh God, some of the dumbest That's so overrated, I, man, man. Some of the dumbest people I've ever met in my entire life got MBA next to their name. Yeah, and and I mean, I I have some. I have people. You know, I, one of the questions I ask is, is Hey, man, when we're done with this, will you write me an email? Yep. Why? Because I want to see how you write. Yep. If you write the way you talk. Look, n nothing against the way people talk or this or that. You know, I'm not trying to be an elitist or anything. But in business, you have to have a certain level of acumen. Yeah, and yeah. if you've got an MBA next to your name and you don't know the difference between their T-H-E-R-E and T-H-E-I-R or T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E, I have a, problem. a major problem, a problem with some point of your schooling. <laughs> you, you, you pissed away 12 grand. <laughs> man, no joke. It, well, hell, now, dude, nowadays it's like 80 grand for undergrad, yeah, man. Yeah. My kids that are getting out of school right now, man, it's fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars yeah. in debt. Um, well, like even back then, university and college was a business. Yeah. It's really a business now. It's really, it's Dude, not even about the education anymore. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I, I, I started, and I'm not going to name the city specifically, but I sell a lot of energy drinks in a lot of college towns because college kids love my stuff. And when I started this in 2009. I would go to these cities and man, they look like college towns. I mean, you're talking about middle, yeah. of, middle of nowhere. Uh, you see the signs cities. and you, you see the bars yeah, and, and the dyes and stuff. stuff. Yeah, man, if you go to these college towns now, it looks like a major metropolitan area. Yep. All the old dorms are torn down, high rise apartments are being built. Yep. All this in literally every college town in the Big Twelve, the SEC, and the Big Ten, and ACC. I am in all these towns. I go there on a regular basis. And when they have changed so much, I'm literally looking around going, this is business. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. no more it's about education. It it's a business. This isn't education anymore. And that's, you know, I, you're going to get me on another subject about NCAA. NCAA, pay the players for their, at least their <laughs> likeness. Pay them. Yes, they get an education. Fantastic. But when they blow their knee out, they ain't got nothing to do. So please pay the players, at least for their likeness on NCAA football and basketball. Because they make money off of them. They make tons they make of money, money off of them. them. That's why they took NCAA football off the off yeah. the shelves for yeah, a period of time. Yeah, because the kids were yelling and screaming at each other, yeah. you know, or at the at the NCAA for yeah. it. But you know, pay the kids for the like. You're selling jerseys. You're selling this stuff, man. I remember what it was like being a you know being a student. You are broke. Yeah, you are broke. And it's not because you don't have the willingness to work. You just don't have the skills yet to make a good living. But 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 then if you are working, you miss out on the whole experience that they sell you. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Um, or, you know, you've got kids who come from more affluent families that don't have to go to school and, you know, get that black get card. Handed. Yeah, yeah. Get it handed to them. They get the silver um, spoon. So, you know, it's, it's you know, pay these athletes. You know, that's one of the things that I've, I've been saying, too, is um, I had I, I went to private school. Um, growing up. So I, I kind of had the, I had to work. I started working at 14. Um, 
And so I had the, the other end of that. So when I got to college and I, and I realized, you know, what student athletes had to do and how unfair it was of the NCAA not to pay these kids that were playing sports, but somebody in the music department could go and play a show and get paid. They could go play for the New York Philharmonic and get paid. An artist can sell his drawings and get paid, mm -hmm. but these kids can't go sell their autograph and get paid? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Exactly. I can't, you know what, what? I yeah. can't sell an autograph or something that I'm getting, but, but I can, but somebody in an art class that's on the same scholarship that I'm on. Can go sell a painting. Can go sell a painting and I can't. Yep. Made no sense. Makes no sense to me, man. Still doesn't make sense. Still doesn't make sense. Yep. No clue about that stuff, man. Um, I know that's way off topic from where no, we're no, but it, I had but, to get that out there. But but, but the thing is, is it, it teaches. I mean, I mean, you can relate it to business though, because the thing is, it teaches that there's no equality, there's none, none. None. You're you're judging a, a certain uh, child for what he can do, or an adult at that point, because they're 17, 18 years old, uh, being good at a, a, a sport, but they can't make money off of it, and you hinder them, and. But this guy that can do a painting or a, a, a music or whatever, they yeah. can go make money. Yeah, and it, 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 it's, it's a tragedy um, because from what? When, when do we start playing ball? About 10, 11 years old, you really start Probably even younger. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about five-year-olds yeah, earlier. I mean, that's you know? true. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, 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 you figure you play this sport your entire life. Yeah. And, you know, then you're told that you can't profit off of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, heck, it's just, it's, it, it's the antithesis of what really being, you know, bringing it back to being an entrepreneur. It's the antithesis of what being an entrepreneur is. Look, you work hard to develop the skills in order to make money. Right. That's why you work. You, you do, you do it to make money, to provide for your family, to provide for your friends, um, to provide a, a better lifestyle and to, you know, ultimately change, you know, the, the, the human element. And, you know, these some of these kids, man, that are in this, the you know, that are in these sports, you know, I go back to, you know, like right now, Tim Tebow's coming back, which is fantastic. I, think I that's saw awesome. tight end. Yeah, dude, I think it's awesome, man. I love that guy. I think he's, I think Tim Tebow is bigger than the sport that he's playing. I think that he has a message that he, that needs to be gotten out there. And, and I think now more than ever, his message needs to be heard. And yeah. I hope that, um, that he's given that platform. I'm very proud of Coach uh, Meyer. For giving them that opportunity to have that platform, um, and uh, I, I think that that um, you know the, these athletes just need to be able to be given that opportunity to capitalize on things, yeah. Um, in in order to to really because a lot of them have a voice, man. No, you know, no, yeah. They, they they don't they don't get that, and and a lot of them could if they were given the opportunity, right? You know, um, and 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 shoot, I I would have loved to have heard, you know, some of these guys out there, you know, being able to to make money and, and provide for the families. Because let's be honest, tons of these kids that are on athletic scholarships, man, are coming from poor areas. Yep. You know, so what are we gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna bet on the fact that how many how many what is there one hundred and ninety seven in an NFL draft or something like that, or maybe more something? What if one hundred ninety seven picks? I think that is mm -hmm. in the the draft or maybe a little bit more 297 whatever it is um out of the 1600 or 1700 kids that play in division one uh football, football. yeah so we're talking about 10 percent. well each one of these kids is playing for a program that has tons of boosters that are given millions and millions of dollars to coaches yeah and millions and millions of dollars to science programs that they're never going to see any dollars from but their mom and dad have to still live in poverty you know while they're out here playing ball and the moment that they get hurt they're cut they're done you know they're, you're done Yep. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, 
it's 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 a tough situation, and I'm I I think that that at some point somebody needs to step up and give these give these guys a voice well, yeah. and do something more for them. I mean, I think The Rock tried in you know, and what was that in the uh, Hard Knocks or yeah, Hard Knocks. It's um, what was his show Ballers? Yeah, Ballers. ballers yep. was, he, you yeah, know, he tried talking about he tried that. Tried talking and, about that. And, and and Ballers, it was a great show. But the reason, the one of the reasons I liked it so much was it had so many like innuendos of education that some people probably didn't pick up on, but like uh, financial responsibility was a yeah. huge one in ballers, which I absolutely love because a lot of people that go into the NFL, they, they came from uh, like poverty and stuff like that. So they weren't really taught how to manage money. So overnight, and I, and I talked to Eric Warfield and Willie Powell about this, yeah. you know, I, I asked them both. I said, you know, how did your life change overnight when you, you get this huge contract and you're making, you know, eighteen to $25,000 a week because uh, even, you know, for me or anybody else that's not used to that, that's, you know, you, you're, I don't even know the term for it. I guess you're, you're starstruck and you don't yeah. know what to do with all this money. Yeah. And, you know, some people don't have the maturity to do some of the things that, you know, Willie and Eric did. Ben, I'll, I'll tell you, I think this goes back to, and, and I'm going to get quasi-political with you. I think Common Core is bullshit. Oh, yeah. um, we I all, think I can agree with you on that. I one. think the stupid things that they're teaching kids in school right now is absolutely ridiculous. I have no idea why a person that's not going to medical school or some type of science school has to learn chemistry in high school. Yeah, you know what you really need to learn? How about economics? Yep. How about how to balance a checkbook? How about understanding what taxes are and how to form an LLC? Yep. And things. Every single look. Every single person that's listening, form an LLC in your name. Period. Period. Have an LLC. You know why? You can really mitigate your tax liability. Yep. Talk to your CPA about that. Yep. Um, and I'll, not to interrupt you, I really want to go back to the Common Core math because I have a problem with the educational system on that. And, I, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I, and I'm, I'm going to get preachy and I'm going to have a drink real quick before I get to yeah. this. My problem with Common Core is the same problem I have with the educational systems. They preach creativity they preach for every child or every student to be their own person but then you get the geniuses in the class that comes up with the answer and then the teacher wants to be pissed off and fail them because they can't show their work and they did not follow the curriculum process that they give them yeah so you preach to them to be creative and be their own person but then you tell them how to do things yeah and so in reality the educational system does not create creativity. They take creativity away and they box all kids in to do it to their process in a business. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and, dude, I'm, the head. I had to get that out there. No, you hit the, you hit the, you hit the nail on the head. And, and I think it comes down to just, just a number of things that, that are taught that are just irrelevant in today. And I, look, man, I'm a science guy. Yeah, I love science. Oh, I am too. I, I'm a biology yeah, major. Yeah, I, we, we love science. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. I wish I had learned what gross profit margin was. Yep. In high school, I wish I had learned how to set up an LLC in high school. I wish I had learned different tax laws in high school. Hell, man, I wish I had learned different civil laws yep. in high school to keep my ass out of a sling when I was younger. You know. Um, well, when we went to school, there wasn't even classes about being an entrepreneur. None. There's nothing. Nothing. 
It wasn't. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't the cool thing to do back yeah, then. Yeah, absolutely. It was. It was. Hey, man, go to school, get a college degree, go work for the man, do this, and yep. that one day maybe you'll be a VP or possibly go to you know that was Warren the School of Business or Kellogg School of Business or something. Maybe you become a CEO or CFO of a major company. Um, and and there was nothing about the the strength and the power that comes from being an entrepreneur and how you can change things. Um, and, and I think, man, you know, honestly, I think that's going even deeper, I think that's really what gets into what is affecting um, our kids in some of the more rural and more uh, in some of the poor inner city areas, yeah. is that we're not truly giving them the opportunity to be successful. Yeah. Um, we're boxing them in. We are, we are limiting them because we as adults are not providing an atmosphere of productivity by enacting laws that would bring um, more effective teachers, safer neighborhoods. Um, you know, I'm going to get into talking a little bit about the defund the police and 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 these things. It's like, man, in 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 my experience as a business owner, mm -hmm. I have never heard of defunding anything to make it better. No, that's that's not how I, you run a business. I, I've never heard of that. And I personally think in those areas, we should be dropping more money. We should be spending more money on our kids, more money on making our neighborhoods safer, more money on hiring police officers that are not the guy that got his ass kicked in school, that once he got a gun, wants to go shoot people. But you know what? Let's make this worthwhile for the quarterback who maybe blew out his knee and couldn't go get that college scholarship. Let's pay him $100,000 a year to be a police officer in an inner city so that we know that we're getting the best bang for our buck. Yep. Let's let's make police officers tax exempt. You know what? Yep. You don't pay taxes on your house. You don't pay taxes on your car. You don't pay taxes on these things so that maybe we can only pay him, pay him $65,000 a year, but that $65,000 a year becomes almost $100,000 a year right. so we can bring people in. Same with teachers. You know what? You're a top-notch teacher. We're going to bring you into this school district. You don't have to pay for your house. You don't have to pay for this. At the end of the day, it's not that much money for major cities like Dallas. And, and I absolutely love uh, Joe Rogan's take on on, on police and, and funding is funding the training and being sure and ensuring that these guys are mentally stable enough to, to take on this position. I agree, man. I like when he said that in one of his podcasts, I was like, you're 100 percent right. I, I agree. My uh, my brother-in-law is actually a captain in Richardson and one of my best friends, is Lieutenant in Frisco. And um, both of them studs, you know, mm -hmm. my brother-in-law, super stud, uh, was in the military, um, very, very well educated. And he deals with, you know, these issues all the time. My buddy's a lieutenant, works on uh, PR and stuff like that in, in Frisco. Um, but both of them on a reg are just stating how important it is to have guys that are like-minded like them it's not yep. hire everybody that comes into the police academy it's not let's just do this or do that and you know hey let's, we're just filling you know warm bodies to fill space right it's, man we have to find people that are willing to protect and serve but then on the on the back end of that you know i say all those things but on the back end of that we also as a society need to have some accountability amongst I agree. every every walk I agree. Of, of life i see entitled freaking kids in highland park where i live talk like police officers there are dog shit 
Yeah. You know, it's not just, you know, the stereotypical inner city kid here or, you know, Latino American there. It, it's everybody has, yeah. disres- you know, has gone to disrespect. So the accountability side is there, you know, and that's that stems back from all these other difficulties that we have with even disciplining, you know, disciplining people. Um, and, and so just to tie that all back to back around, man, I think that, you know, one of the things that I hope to do as as an entrepreneur and as I continue to grow and get older is to you know assist our leaders in our city here and in our state, um, and, and and really be able to uh, help them find some logical solutions to, um, to some of the problems that we have. And if right. that's as a businessman, fantastic. If that's you know if I'm ever called to to run you know by our peers you know run for you know city council or something like that, I'd love to be able to do that. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, because I think I think guys like us, man, I think I think we have a I think we have a calling. Yeah. I think, I think we have a calling, man. We're, we're leaders, um, and, and you know that sometimes requires us to step out of our comfort zone and and, and lead in other aspects. It, it, yeah, I agree with you. It, it does, and it's out of your comfort zone. But sometimes when that's your calling, and uh, going back to your gut feeling, that's just that's something that you just need. To you got to do. Yeah, yeah, got to do it. Got to do it. So. All right, so you know, go. I do want to go back to you know what we were talking about the educational system, yeah. and uh, you know, I want people to understand. It's not that the fact that teachers are boxing in creativity because they have to follow a you know a curriculum with standardized testing and such like that and and so I want to make that a point that where even the teachers are boxed in on how they teach the children and the testing and what they're trying to do in the education. Oh yeah, man. I mean, they're graded on on those standardized tests, um, which then makes the teacher focus on. Learning practices that are not conducive to the various styles of learning that 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 everybody has. You know, one child might be visual, another child might be auditory, another child might be, uh, you know, need need to read things, um, and you know, another child might need to be, you know, practice first then repeat. Um, so, the the fact that we have to sit kids down um, and, and test them and focus on these very just rigorous processes and then grade a teacher on how well that those kids do in hopes that we're giving them the type of education that, that they need. I, I just think that in today's day and age, in 2021, we have to be able to be smarter than that. We yeah. have to do a better job at really focusing in with our kids younger. You look, if you're going to standardize test somebody, do a test that gives them the opportunity for us when they're younger to learn how a child learns. Right. We have IQ tests for a reason. You know what? Some people do fantastic on the reading portion. Other people do fantastic on the math portion. Some people do better on, hey, does this shape fit into this? And is that, what's the next sequence? Let's sit a kid down. You know, we, we talk about the, I, I talk about this with other people all the time, is the the overprescription of Adderall and Ritalin and things oh for God. ADD. Look, man, yes. I promise you this. You give me a kid that can't sit still in school, you're teaching him the wrong way because I promise you, you put him in front of a video game or his favorite movie and he'll sit for four hours and watch that and not have a problem with concentrating. But on you know thing. what that relates? Go, go back to the old saying is, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. That, I mean, period. Yeah. And- I, so I have I have a very wide range of audience for this show, I, I really do. So for the younger uh, children or, 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 or teenagers that are trying to figure out what they're doing, just because you're not doing that well in school or you're you're you you know you're not in the top five percent or three percent doesn't mean you're a failure. Because I've had so many friends that 
did not do well in high school and they did mediocre in college and then they became successful entrepreneurs of businesses. So do not lose hope, do not lose motivation and, and keep doing what you enjoy doing and, and, and make a career out of it. No, man, I agree with that. Um, chew on some ice here. Um, I, I, I think that that is one of the, the great things about the maturation process and becoming an adult, an adult yep. is getting to the point where you're okay with the skin you're in. Yep. Um, and learning that, um, learning that who I am isn't necessarily who you are. Right. Uh, or who she is or who he is. And, and it's, it's all about being comfortable with the gifts that you're given. And, you know, some people are given, you know, like parable of the talents. Somebody's given one talent, two talents, five talents. And it's really about what you, what, what you're able to do with those. Um, and, and not thinking, you know what, I only have one talent. Uh, I, I, I don't want to lose that or I, or, or I'm too scared because I only have one thing. It's, it's really being able to do the most with what you have. And I think that's maybe one of the scariest things about, um, the social media industry and, you know, all of us make money off of it. All of us, you know, advertise on it and all of us do that. But the scariest thing to me about social media right now is the, you know, the, the, the fake it mentality oh, yeah. and doing it yeah. for the gram and doing all these things, because I'll tell you what, I read a funny post the other day. It was, if you live fake, fake rich now, you'll be real broke later. Oh yeah. Cause you gotta pay to be fake, fake rich now, real broke later. Um, and it, you know, you see those memes all the time where you see a, a picture of a person, you know, they've got a cartoon of a guy with designer shoes, designer belt, designer, this designer, that outfit cost, you know, $4,165. And then you've got the billionaire whose outfit costs $14. And it's like, you know, where are we at with this? What are we doing? Right. Or the person that's always traveling and always doing this and not stacking their money, not being smart with investments, not doing things to better themselves because they're always about the now. And look, there's something to be said, like we said earlier about vacation and doing things, but there's also something that needs to be said for, uh, for, for giving yourself the opportunity to, to live life and live it more abundantly. And whether or not we want to believe it or not, money's a ticket to that. It, yep, if it you is. don't have money, man, or somebody you know has money, <laughs> or, yep. or or someplace, it's gonna be real hard to get to the Maldives. Yep, right. Yep. Like you, it is. You, you can't get to the Maldives on hopes and dreams. Nope. Uh, I mean, you can, but experience. that's a lot of swimming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a lot of swimming. Uh, you're exactly right. Um, and, and you know, and the the thing about being an entrepreneur is it gives you that opportunity to do that, and it gives you that opportunity to really dig down deep and figure out who you are yep. as a person. Um, and, and what, what you're made of. And, um, you know, I, I, I always love to encourage people all the time that, you know, show me, Hey man, did you see this on this? Hey, did you see this on that? Did you see this on this? I'm like, no, man, I really didn't. Yep. Well, why? Cause I'm too busy living life. Yep. And I, I want to go back to, uh, social media and Instagram about, you know, seeing the fake, uh, mentality and everything. And I'm not, I'm not going to bring up any names, but I have a really close friend of mine that has a very successful business that is a, over a million dollars a year company. Mm -hmm. And he has 10,000 followers. Mm -hmm. He has people in the same industry mm -hmm. doing the same thing that he does that have 80,000, 90,000 followers on Instagram mm -hmm. that call him asking him for advice yeah. for the work that he does. Yeah. And it's, it's comical. And like I told him, I said, you know what you do? You charge them a consulting fee. That's it. Because the, the following, just like in a rap song, 
a million followers is not a million dollars. You're exactly right. Yep. And yeah. people people see that following, they're like, oh, he's got he's got all these followers. It must be successful. Let me tell you something, people. Look at the background of their photo and look at the apartments that they're in or mm -hmm. where they're living to understand the truth and do not fall for that. Yeah. And look, man, I think I have 1,500 followers, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, and, but I'll tell you this, my interaction when I have a post or something, four or 500 likes because yep. they're all people that know me. Um, and, and I appreciate that, but I also keep my circle small. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing that I've always tried to do is I've always tried to hustle silently. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and because the, the same people that are watching you could also be the same people that want you to fail. Yeah. Well, you majority know? of them probably yeah. are, you know, um, cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of haterade being poured, um, out there and, and, you know, I, I kind of get in the same boat, man. I'm, I'm, I get asked all the time about this and that business and, and, and this, and the, the one thing that I just want to encourage people with is just to understand that social media is a tool. Yeah. And there's a science it, behind it. And there's it. a science behind it. And there's an algorithm. But it is, a, it is a tool. And if used correctly to benefit you for, for whatever you want to do in life, then use it as a tool. Yeah. But you know what? Just like my wrench in my garage um, I'm not going to allow that wrench to dictate how my life is. Nope. And I'm not going to spend my entire uh, afternoon spinning that wrench around trying to uh, unscrew the lug nuts on my on my truck. I'm going to use that tool for what it is, and I'm going to put it up, and I'm going to realize that, you know what, there's a real world out there. There's a real life out there, human interaction, and being able to interact with your friends and enjoy life and what you're doing yep. is really what it's about. Um and and I just want to encourage people to do that, man. If you're making money off Instagram, if you're making money off TikTok and everything, man, you know what? Hustle, hustle, do what you can, right? Yep. Um, but but for 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 other people, understand that you know searching for things that are out there that you know could be attained if you put your phone down and um, and, and hustled, it, you would get that. I, I tell people this all the time: thirty minutes a day on your phone uh on social media 30 minutes a day turns out to be in 10 days that's 300 minutes yeah. right 300 minutes that's five hours right you start doing some math and things like that and from what somebody told me is if you spend i think it's 30 minutes a day uh, on social media on your phone you lose like two weeks or almost a month i think it's a month of your of, of your year i'll have to do the the calculation again but think about what you could do how much more money you could make if you had a month of your life back right you know, or, and if you're or just, just the opportunity, or had. just the opportunity, you know, and if if you're there and you're working and you're hustling and you know you're promoting your brand and stuff, look, that's 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 not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is is looking at things just to find the gospel and find this or or the addiction. I mean, that going through the TikTok hole, going through the TikTok hole, or yeah. you know, they they had that um, what was that 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 social dilemma? Yeah, that show that came out, bro, that changed my life because I literally sat back and I was like, dude, I I do this. Yeah, you know, I'll get. The, I turned off my notifications for Instagram, turned off my notifications for Facebook, I turned off my notifications for for email, and I silenced almost every single one of my text message chains because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't a slave to this thing here. Yep. That this is a tool for me, just yeah, like my so wrench in my garage. Do. It's a tool that I can use that helps promote my life, and if I need to, my girlfriend to get a hold of me <laughs> or my parents to get a hold of me. But other than that, man, the, you know, I can't let that or any type of program run my life. I yep. have to live my life. So I'll tell you what I do with my phone. So I, 
every all notifications are turned off. Mm-hmm. I have the top fifteen people that I talk to on my text messages. Every everybody else is silenced. Yep, same. Yep, just like it, and I treat it like an email. Yeah, and I'll go check it at a certain point in time and be sure that you know uh, family, close friends, and everybody there. Yep. You know, I have their notifications on on text messaging. But other than that, there's nothing because you 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 will be a slave to that phone, yep. and it's an addiction. It's an absolute addiction. It's it's the uh, who wants me addiction. Yeah, right. It's the oh I'm popular addiction. And bro, the, at nine o'clock that bedtime notification. Oh yeah, dude, it goes on. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. And it's it's one of those you know, um, it's one of those life practices that I that I had to put into place because I started looking. I was like, man, I'm spending. How, how did I, and you think back and you're like. How did I spend ninety minutes on Instagram? Well, your phone tells you now. Yeah, like oh, you get yeah. a notification and, and I, every and year. I looked at that. I went. And I was like, average time I, seven hours I, a day yeah. or something. Like, dude, how did I spend ninety minutes on Instagram? How did I spend this on Facebook yep. or this on that? You know, and I'm going. I need to make a change, man. I need to get off this thing, and I need to do things that are more conducive to being um, um, uh, productive in my life. Yeah, and 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 honestly, man, that was last year. And the, the, the great thing that happened is, is like I told you guys earlier, is that the business has just flourished. Man. Yeah. You know, I'm being productive. I'm doing more things. I've hired a social media team, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. You know, I've got a yeah, guy that I, does my photography and everything else. I don't even have to mess with it anymore. That, that's my thing. Like, I, 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 so uh, our marketing company, we, we, we do social media management and stuff. I don't even manage my social media. Yeah. Because I, I want to focus on the sales and the processes of management. Yeah, absolutely. You do what you're so, good at. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, organic social media management is very time consuming. Very insane. Because we offer the, it as a service and I see it and it's like, wow, okay. <laughs> I, I have three full time individuals. One does content creation, one does all of my like t shirt graphics yep. and hats and everything like that. And the other one is all social media influencer procurement. And that's all they're doing. Yeah. Um, and they're, it's a full time job. Yep. All day long. Just the writing. Day. That's the writing it. period. Just the creation of it. And, you know, I, I learned that that is not one of my proficiencies. Um, <laughs> that I don't uh, I don't really react well to to having to create these things uh, you know uh, off the hook. Um but but they do and it's and, and they're they're good at it. So I, I've hired them and, and, and got them going. But um I, I think the more people realize that uh the life is out there and life is to be had and there there is something to be said for real world experience yep. you know whether or not dude you don't have to be in the maldives you know you could be at you, you know you could be a clyde warren park and have just as much fun with your friends as long as you got some good people there as what you could have in the in the maldives it might not be as nice um but you can have you can have just as much fun and make just as many memories if you're doing that well and that goes that goes into my point and it's even on my instagram you know define your own success Mm-hmm. Don't chase after anybody I else's. I Be- love that, man. The problem is uh, you see somebody else's social media, either it's Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is, and you define your success off of their stuff, and it's not yours. Brother, I, I agree with you. And, you know, everybody's wired differently. Um, you know, some of us have that entrepreneur bug that what's the next deal? Oh my God. When are we going? I'm so how, bad about that. How much that. bigger can I get? What, <laughs> what can I go? You know, me, man, you know, I, my, my business partner and I, we, we talk about this all the time. He's like, so, you know, what's, what are we trying to do here? Where are we going? I'm like, dude. And it's not even a money thing. It's, it's not. It's, it's not. Just, it's what I, I want to do next. What is the challenge? I have well, got to have continuous yes. progression and continuous growth. And if I'm, if I'm not growing on a daily basis, it, it just drives me insane. 
Um, but other people, man, I mean, it's it's like, you know, the, the, the proverb about the rich man and the fisherman. And the, the rich man goes to the fisherman on the dock one day and says, hey, man, you know what? You look like you're a pretty good fisherman. If you... Uh, if you go out and, and, and you know, you fished a little bit longer, you might be able to get a couple more fish and you could sell more and make some more money at the market. And if, if you made more money at the market, you could go get some more boats. Yep. If you got more boats, then you could hire more people and then you could get more fish to make more money and then more boats. And then you could have this big company and then you'd be able to, you know, then you'd be able to sit back and enjoy time with your family. He said, man, I go to fish in the morning for an hour, bring four fish home to my family and I spend the whole day with them. It's a whole thought process. I don't need a, it's all about what you want. Yep. Um, and, you know, I think that's one of the things, you know, going back to that vacation and stuff that, that I had to learn to balance with myself is really understanding what part of me needs to hustle and what part of me needs to realize what's important. Right. Family and those things. And it's, ha and it's having a balance. And people you know? forget that. They, they do. It, yep. it is a, it, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of guys, man, that have lost a lot of good families um, because they were addicted to um, the the business high, yep. if you will, yep. and they were unable to define their own success. Yep. You know, they were never happy with that. And they chased somebody else's. They did. Yeah, you're exactly right. Look, man, because I'm not Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or, yeah. or Elon Musk. Man, I'm I'm not successful. Well, dude, I'm sorry. You, you're probably not going to ever be Elon Musk or, or Jeff. Bezos. No, those, those they, are those are those type of people that are they they had an opportunity and they were they were super intelligent. And they they took advantage of opportunity in a positive way, and they yeah, made who they are. Absolutely. But you know, just because you didn't do it on their level, um, everybody's different. Absolutely. Um, I, I find success of waking up every day and 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 having the power to help others and having financial freedom. That's my success. Yeah. And that financial freedom doesn't necessarily mean going to Europe when I want. Yeah. But. Um, actually, I'm going I'm to I'm tell a story real quick, and I'm, I'm super excited, and it humbles me to tell this story. My number one financial goal growing up uh, when I built my first business, or excuse me, my second business, when I built my second business, my goal was to be able to go to the grocery store, and this was in college. Uh, I built a, a business. It was to go to the grocery store and to buy any food item that I wanted without having to worry about checking my bank account and overdrawing my bank account. That was my goal. And when I was able to do that, that was me. That's when I understood really defining my own success. Yeah. And I learned that at the age of uh, 20, 21. Yeah, was, yeah, I was 21 years old when I learned that. Yeah. And it was in Natchitoches, Louisiana. And I took that and I, I ran with it. Oh, yeah. And that was it. Uh, man, and, and you know, that's... I had a very similar story, man. I, I remember getting to the point where my goal was to not be worried about where my next meal came from. Yeah. Is to get to the point. Because look, man, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I realized some success very early in life. And one of the stories I didn't tell was in that year between selling my business and starting Blue Mania, I actually was involved in a Ponzi scheme and got ponzi And I lost everything that I had, mm -hmm. everything that I'd earned for, for those, those few years. And you really figure out who you are yep. when you go from making 40, you know, 30, 40,000 a month personally at a young age, you know, popping bottles and doing all those other things, having these cars and stuff. And all of a sudden you're like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, sink or swim. Sink or swim, man. 
Um, and and you, you have to dig down deep, man, and you've got to figure out what it's inside of you and what you can do and how you can make things happen. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I, I think that, you know, in that moment, I really realized, you know, again, where's my next meal going to come from? Yeah. What am I going to do? And, and, and I had to dig down and make that happen. And I remember getting to that point in college, you know, cause I'd had those business and man, I, I did very well in, in college. I, I never really had to worry about anything, but I, I remember being a little bit younger and, you know, moving out on my own and, you know, starting to have the budget and things like that. But I remember I could go when I, the first time in college when I could go to Walmart and buy whatever I wanted, yep. you know, I could go and have a full, I, I could get 25 pounds of chicken yep. steak and everything. You know, I'm trying to bodybuild and do all these things. And I remember I didn't 300 bucks for food. Boom. I got it. Exactly. And then I, and then I remember the day that I, was sitting there and I'm like, I've got $25 in my bank account. Yeah, I'm 27 years old. I just sold two of my cars, sold my damn uh, condo, and I am I have no idea if they're gonna come take my last car that I have or not. If I'm, I'm hiding this thing, I'm not registering where I'm living, I don't know what, what's going on. And I remember when we got Blue Mania up and running and I remember getting that first you know $1,000 check and putting it back in my bank account and going, yeah dude yeah. I'm, I'm i'm there and then it's just it's just going after that man and and figuring out what you can what you know what you can do if you put your mind to it and it's that that's the biggest thing about being an entrepreneur is being able to trust in yourself um and, and just know that no matter what happens you're gonna make it yeah. i think that i think that's what an entrepreneur needs to know yeah i i think so and i've went through that reality check recently yeah um you know, I was uh, laid off from the oil and gas because I was always teeter-totter. Like, I had my own businesses, but it was kind of like, you know what? I, I can get this salary because I'm good at sales. So I'm going to yeah. just kind of, uh, you know, have my cake and eat it too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, always been in the oil and gas industry and recently laid off. And uh, it was like, shit, what do I do? You know, I just, I just lost, you know, $90,000 a year. Yeah. And uh, I had just recently started this this marketing business, and um, luckily I had a good support group. But it's like, you know what? I'm I'm done working for people. I'm gonna put my head down and get tunnel vision, mm -hmm. and just uh, build the business. And I'm I'm saying this not from a, a bragging standpoint. I'm saying this from a standpoint that people need to understand that if you want it and you're you're capable of it, as long as you want it and you you put your head down and do it. Um, but I deposited a check today for, you know, over 40 grand in a, a project awesome. that we're yeah. working. Yeah. And it's the excitement was not the deposit of the money. The excitement and the emotional aspect was I did this. Yeah. And this I'm an entrepreneur and, you know, I'm able to now fully function a business and be on my own and and, and employ people and, yeah. and do something. So, you know, people need to understand that that, you know, you got to have faith in yourself. And and that was a problem that I had. Yeah. That like I kind of half-assed it, and mm -hmm. the fact that I had that that scare of like I know I'm capable of doing it, but I don't know if I want to do it fully. Yeah. Until I was pushed off, and it's like, yeah. well, I guess here we go. <laughs> it's it's like you know it's it's really you know uh, when when you're you know you see those guys that do those uh, polar bear jumps. Oh and yeah. Stuff like that. You know, it's freezing cold. They jump in that water, and it's like you know if. You, if you try to tippy toe into freezing cold water, you're never going to do it. Not going to work. Never going to happen. But if you jump into that bad boy and you take that first sting 
and your lungs fill up with freezing cold air and your body's just aching and and you you're able to withstand that initial shock you really feel you really can figure out what you're made of yeah and that that's in, in in any aspect of life you look whether or not you're an you know an entrepreneur now or ever have a desire to ever be an entrepreneur um the 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 key to life is taking that step of faith yep and trusting in yourself and trusting in and look it's not just trusting yourself because I, if i say just that i'm not true to myself uh it's it's trusting in number one your faith um and, and making sure that you're walking uh, a, a path that, that is ordered and of direct purpose and if you're doing that you have to trust in the fact that you're walking that and that every step that you take is ordered and if you don't then you're walking in disobedience and that's when a lot of bad things can happen to you because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing so whether or not you want to become an entrepreneur or whether or not you know what you're like man i don't know if i want to do that i don't really feel like i have the calling for that i think that this is what i'm supposed to do i think that i'm a i i should be this well fantastic you know what it still takes a step yep. to trust in yourself to trust that you're following the, the following the 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 spirit of god and in who you are to do what you're supposed to do because at the end of the day we're all going to be held accountable yep. of what talents that we were given and those of us that have five talents 10 talents 20 talents you know what we're going to be held accountable just as uh, and accountable as a person with with one talent is going to be accountable for hey man i did the best that i could with what i had and it's taking that first step and, and, and that's why i enjoy I enjoy saying you know defining your own success because it's so broad mm-hmm. you don't have to be an entrepreneur to use that you because don't. if you're not an entrepreneur that's okay yeah like you working a nine to five or, or whatever your shift is working for somebody there's not a problem with that mm-hmm. it's just define your own success and what makes you happy and don't chase somebody else's being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. No, it's that. not. Uh, there's a lot of peace in nine to five. <laughs> there's a lot of peace in guaranteed check. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 um, the 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 grace that comes from uh, having simplicity. Look, the Biggie was right, man. You know, Biggie said, "More money, more problems." Yep. Right. And and you know, the the more that you acquire the more that you have to maintain and that you have to manage and you have to be able to make sure that you have your 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 ducks in a row and this is something that i think maybe we could shift to is when people start talking about having multiple streams of income Mm -hmm. some people get themselves so spread out chasing every stream of income that they that you know the bible says you cannot serve two masters and so you start looking at all these different deals that you can get and you're spread here and you're spread there and you're spread and you never are able to master one and you end up flat broke because you're like, man, well, I had this fishing pole over here and I yep. had this fishing pole over here. I was like, well, if you're not catching a fish on one and reeling that one in and bring it in. Why are you working on the other one? Why, why are you working on the other one? Yep. You know what? Bring that fish in. That's what that, you had bait for that one fish that you caught. Bring that in, put that pole, then cast another pole. Yep. Um, and it and it takes a special type of person to to do that. And you know, I I have a lot of friends that preach the, you know, the uh, multi level marketing aspect of things. And look, multi level marketing can work for you if you have a good network of people and you can make some money. And there's a lot of friends that do that that I have that have done well with that. Fantastic. It's a very small few. Yep. Because that's the way multi level marketing works. Um, but all these other people are like, well, man, I'm in this and I'm in this and I'm in this and I'm this and I, and I and I I've, I've straight asked them a couple of times. How much money are you making off all this? Yeah. How successful are you really because, doing that financially? Because uh, I'm not one to judge off what people do or anything like that. But like you said earlier, look at the apartment that they're living in. 
Look at the assets that they've accumulated. Yeah. Look at these things. So if you're preaching to me what business is, let me share back with you what real business is. Right. I just got into a bar. I just got into some other things after 12 years of mastering the beverage business. Yes. And now I'm capable of having a little bit of time that I can, but luckily I have an amazing girlfriend that can do, you know, and, and manage that. And she's got the expertise. Mine was just like, hey, I can bust some tables. Right. <laughs> you know, I can do this. That was my investment. That, was, your, my, that was my multiple stream. Here's of your can drink. I'm, I'm, you know, here's, here's, here's what I'm doing. But, <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the lie that the world will tell you is that um, if you don't have your hand in 40 different things, you know, you, then you're not going to be successful. That's so untrue. No, it's, that's yeah, so it's untrue, man. Uh, it's, it's a lie that the world tells us about, you know, yeah, I see you're, you know, you're married. Um, I'm not yet. Um, but you know, the, the, the mainstream media will tell you and, and all these different shows will tell you, man, the more women that you have is the better thing. I promise you this one woman's enough <laughs> It's enough. It's very hard to please just one. Um, uh, <laughs> I gotta put the vodka down. <laughs> um, but it's you know th that translates into business, man, and it's it's you know what? Make sure that that one business can run itself, and you can walk away from a month. If you can walk away from that one business for a month, and it can still be profitable and still bring yep. you money, then it, it's okay for you to go into another. And do you something know what? else. You follow those SOPs. You put those practices into place. You have uh, sown yourself and replicated yourself into other good employees, and now they're capable of running that business, and you can bless them by having some extra income because you're walking away so you can pay the management pay so they can do what they need to do yep. and then go start something else and take care of your employees oh bro <laughs> if you're going to have multiple streams of income and multiple different businesses take care of your employees i'll, I'll tell you this the, the 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 i love i don't always like a lot of things that people talk about when it comes to you know new business terms but i have come to love the phrase human asset Yes, human asset because it it come it brings you out of the employer employee relationship and it causes business owners to understand that whoever they're bringing in is an asset. Yes, you and and you protect assets, right? You don't you don't if you don't look at something that that is a piece of equipment and just treat it like crap because it's an asset. You don't look at your at your trucks that you have for your business and just yep. and drive them without changing the oil because it's an asset. It's the same thing with your employee. If you look at an employee as a human asset and you 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 maintain that relationship like you would maintain your car, you service that relationship like you'd service your your uh, one of your cleaning machines, right. right? You do the things that it takes to make sure that that asset is bringing back and you're putting back into that. It will pay off tenfold. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and if. Just be sure they're happy and you're taking care of them. You're doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, and there's a, there's a lot of uh, managers and employers out there that they take advantage of their people and it just it doesn't work out. And then they complain because they're constantly have to rehire people. Yeah, and that's what yeah, happens. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. So, well, dude, we we killed some uh, we conversational killed some, time. We did, man. <laughs> we knocked sure. that out. That was that was enjoyable. Uh, I appreciate that. No, we'll we'll definitely. So we're actually in the process of building our own studio. And, Congratulations! Uh, I will thank you, and yeah. I will definitely have you back on because I want to hear uh, what's happened after y'all rebuilt Gaslight, and uh, obviously I'll, I'll definitely revisit. Good news for you. I say it's good news for you. I may annoy you. I don't know, but I'm actually moving back to Uptown. Are you? Good, yeah, man. from Fort Worth. Good. So good. super excited because yeah. uh, 
Gaslight, I've met, well, 50% of the people I've had on the podcast. So Willie and Eric. Yeah. Uh, well, and now you was yeah. from living in Uptown and coming to Gaslight. Yeah, man. A lot of cool people yep. out there, man. A lot of cool people. I made so. a lot of lasting relationships from guys like that, man. You know, met you and met, met Eric and, you know, you know, Marcel and all those guys, yep. man. I mean, all, just a, a good group of people, man. And it's, uh, it'll be fun, man. I, I look forward to, to coming back on. I'm, I'm the next few months I'm, I'm building another warehouse. Like I said, in Houston, we're looking at expanding to Miami and to Nashville with our products. So, man, when I come back, hopefully, I have some good stories for yeah. you guys. No, I mean, I'm 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 happy for you, and I'm hearing your story and, and talking to you before. Definitely proud of, of of you and 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 your girlfriend and stuff. Y'all are doing amazing things, and appreciate uh, yeah, it, man. It's exciting. Appreciate so, it, bro. Thank you very um, much for having me. Nope, I appreciate it. We're definitely gonna do it again. So, appreciate yeah, it, dude. Absolutely, brother. Take care, man. Yeah. Hello, friends, and thank you for listening to the show. Don't forget to check out our website, thehustleoriginal.com, for the latest news, merchandise, and podcasts. Also, don't forget to check out my Instagram page at Willing to Thrive. That's Willing, the number two, Thrive, for our next giveaway.